Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back. We've got a happy guy, a happy person who's Angelo. He's in the music business, events management and all of that stuff. And we're just going to find out about what he knows, what his experience has been like. And hopefully we can learn something. So nice to have you here today, Angelo. Thank you so much. And Thank that you. laugh was him laughing at my microphone. But I do have a road mic. He just pulled it out of nowhere. <laughs> so tell us. suspicious. Tell us your journey. What kind of person were you at school and how did you fall into this music industry? So I was raised in Wandsworth. I ended up moving to Croydon when I was like 17. I was living with the guitarist of my band and after finishing college and stuff, I just we were struggling to find gigs for the band. I'd, isn't surprising looking back on it we weren't very good but that's life <laughs> honesty <laughs> yeah. but i just hired out my local venue put on some bands and i just didn't realize sort of between me and the other local bands we had quite a strong network of people in the area that wanted to see that kind of music so you know we, we sold a lot of tickets and the venue just basically went hey i've been trying to kind of book these genres for a while and struggle do you want to put more gigs on and I was like, yeah, all right. And that's kind of how it started. I started gig promoting. And after doing that for a little while, booking agents started hitting me up and kind of going, hey, we hear your shows are good. Do you want to book some touring bands? And that's kind of how I started my career. I got my name on the map sort of as a, a gig promoter. And I spent a good few years booking underground shows. And you got to think before bands end up playing 500 plus venues for big promoters like Live Nation, someone's booking them in the small clubs and losing loads and loads of money doing it. And <laughs> that was me. I, I exaggerate, it wasn't that bad. I mean, you have good shows, you have bad shows, you know, but that's kind of how things started for me and how I fell into events. And through that, you meet bands, you meet artists, and if you're interested in it and have the nick for it, you might end up on tour with them or getting into other things or at least learning the skills to work on events in, in, a, in a grander scale. So that's kind of how it all started for me. What have you learned from the industry that you wish you knew when you had started? You will get a lot further being nice to people than you will being not nice to them. <laughs> now, I know that makes it sound like I was an asshole, and that's not not the case. I mean, when I was younger, I definitely had more of a temper, you know what I mean? And that's a personal issue, but there are, you know, you, you, at 19, I, I was 18, 19, Taking on a lot of responsibility and a lot of stress, you know, and didn't have any kind of mentor or guide or anyone to kind of go, hey, this is the things to expect. And when you take on a lot of responsibility and you maybe not always prepared for it, that stress can get to you and cause you to act in a way that, do you know what I mean, isn't necessarily yourself. And so there was definitely a few times where I snapped or kind of like let it get to me or like as a tour manager, kind of put my foot down with someone and was firm in a scenario where I could have just been kind and you learn from those mistakes in your youth and that's my advice to people is just the nicer you are the further you will get with people if you want results if you want help if you want to kind of handle a situation whatever that may be handle it with kindness the music industry is a bit like the fashion the artists overall when they're very emotional and very driven oh i wanted my mocha with yeah. triple how do you deal with all those kind of things? Because obviously you're talking about yeah. your personal self and yeah, yeah. manner. How do you deal with all that kind of temperament? Now, I know you spoke about nice. Yeah, yeah, totally. You get divas. I mean, it depends what your role is. I mean, if I'm tour managing an artist who is like really, really, really pretentious and really obnoxious and a diva, to be honest with you, I'll probably do what's in my the best of my ability to kind of just 
keep them relaxed and kind of get what I want from for them, if that makes sense. You know, if they need something and it has to be that way. At the end of the day, you are working for them. You kind of just have to deal with it. But if you're talking specifically, I guess you kind of just have to validate their ridiculousness. <laughs> if that makes sense. And then from there, again, it kind of does translate back to what we were talking before. It's how you deal with it. So if for, in this scenario, you, you're talking to a promoter about catering at an event. Do you know what I mean? You, you can choose to be the voice of the artist and go and start kicking off and be a diva for them. Or you can just take the promoter aside and go, look, mate, this, this one's a bit of a diva. Do you reckon we can do you reckon we can just figure this out and make this happen? And there's usually a solution to solving that problem without having to have an argument or falling out. But the truth of the matter is some people are just like that. And if they're the artist and they're selling the tickets, no one can really tell them shit. And <laughs> you kind of just have to deal with it or not take the gig, mm -hmm. to be completely honest with you. Okay. That's good. Nate, uh, what, what kind of artists have you dealt with? What's your genre? So I've done a mix of things. Mainly most of my work has been in kind of niche circles of heavy metal, uh, to be honest, but some interesting genres, a lot of post-rock, a lot of tech metal. Are um, these underground artists or are they commercial, big commercial? I mean, in comparison to mainstream genres, they would probably not be considered hugely commercial because a commercial, you know, like rock metal band from our sort of generation would never get as big as as a rapper or a pop star would. There's mm. just not the same scope or scale for it to grow to that size. Mm. You know, there's there's been an interesting conversation in the metal community for a few years being like, who's going to fill the shoes of Metallica and Iron Maiden and these bands? And the reality is they probably won't and they might be the last era of metal bands that will fill out stadiums to that size worldwide. Why do you think that is? Because the genre has grown to too many niches and it was already a niche, if that makes sense. So heavy metal was a niche and now it's just broken down into fractions. Yeah, I mean, it would be fair to say that heavy metal is definitely more known than it was. It's quite a new genre of music in the grand scheme of things. It only really came around in the 60s to the 80s, really. I mean, if you go back to the creation of distorted guitars in the 60s with bands like Deep Purple, I suppose that's the early days of heavy metal. But the first heavy metal bands people can really name would be your Black Sabbath, your Metallica, your Maiden, and they're enormous bands. But... Yeah, like nowadays I find the niche festivals are doing better than, say, Download Festival, where the ones that cater to someone's specific need. And the genre has just evolved into such a wide scope of different things that have taken inspiration from other genres. So there's metal with jazz in it and there's metal with folk in it. And do you know what I mean? There's all these different things going on and mm -hmm. people tend to stick to their niche and metal isn't just this one thing anymore. So I would probably say that's why, but it's a very long-winded way of explaining it. Do you feel, so I had this conversation with someone else the other day, that there's no real new music out there? No, I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to agree with that at all. Go on. I mean... Sometimes you have to look in the right places, but let's look, for example, in the in the mainstream sort of side of things, like the grime drill culture. Like, Americans have never really been interested in UK hip-hop. And just regardless of what you think of drill, it's banged worldwide. You know, like, the Americans are loving drill, they're doing drill. It's the first time they've kind of really enjoyed UK hip-hop on a big scale. And that's a huge market for music, let alone just hip-hop, right? Or just rap and... Ultimately, I do think there's a lot of new stuff coming out constantly. I think music evolves at an extremely rapid pace now. You know, the younger kids seem to really into be like into things like bassline, 
drill again. These are just things that weren't around 10 years ago, you know? There was grime, but grime wasn't massive. It was still very underground. And yeah, the same with the rock and the metal and the pop genres. These The bands coming out just don't sound like they did 10 years ago. And it was interesting. I'm a 90s kid, so you listen to the 80s and you're like, damn, this sounds like a whole world away from what I'm used to. And now that I'm 30 and kind of seeing it happen in real time, you can kind of really see the direct influence of the evolution of music and what inspires people and how genres get mashed together and sometimes a formula's just landed like that and it works. Yeah, but I think that's where you said how genres get mashed together. I think it, when we were having that discussion, it was in relation to the fact that they're not coming out with their own original melodies, rhythms, everything themselves. They're kind of picking pieces from other... It's like what the pharmaceutical companies yeah. do. They just take other previous drugs, mix them well, together and come out with a new brand. It depends what you would consider creativity in that sense, because okay. there, there's rules to it, like physics, you know. In music, there's seven notes. There's only so many keys. And there's un never-ending kind of varieties in which you can achieve with that combination of notes and keys. Uh, like you say, with pharmaceuticals, unless you're discovering new substances, yes, you're limited to the substances you have to create substances. Mm -hmm. So I think that ultimately, within, in a musical context, you don't really steal riffs, you borrow them. And everyone, you know, everyone's kind of like influenced from each other and everyone's inspired by something, whether that's conscious or subconscious, you're inspired by the things you've seen, you've heard. Okay. But I think when it comes to music, I think one thing that's universal in terms of creating, and it sounds weird, but I think you'll know what I mean, like pain and sadness. Some of the best art is born of like pain and negative experiences and it's that ability to relate and share with people and i think music has is a carrier to like share stories and actually translate ideas to people and help people work through things and relate to each other so i i would say with kind of the new stuff yeah you're still working on softwares that people have used you're still using instruments people have used and notes people have used but i think there's never-ending levels of creativity in terms of what you can create with that and there's so much weird music out there no one listens to do you know what i mean mm -hmm. there's weird stuff out there and some insanely creative stuff that's just very niche and never gets discovered what does the future hold for you that's a difficult question to answer but a good question hopefully a busy schedule of tours and festivals and i've started my new side hustle getting back into band management i used to do it back in the day and I kind of had to take a break from it after a bit of a negative experience. I just got back into it recently and I would love that to kind of be a main hustle one day where I kind of tour and do festivals and such to my leisure, kind of more for enjoyment to get back on the field. But yeah, I think, I think the dream right now for me is to kind of represent artists and help them live their dreams. Okay, that's good. What would be your advice to somebody who wants to get into the business? Specifically in the backstage kind of area? Yeah. So the best advice I can give is when you're young, go to shows. Like that's what inspired me ultimately. I was at like college and there was like, a, you know, going to the music concerts at college and just being like, this is crazy. The energy in here is great. And if you vibe with that, do you know what I mean? You're already on the right tracks. And from there, kind of try and volunteer it's one of those industries where you're gonna to have to take it on the chin and do a few things for free just to get your name out there a lot of my friends who are drum techs 
or whatever, they kind of would see a drummer they knew or a YouTube drummer they knew from a band loading in at a gig and they'd just be there early and go, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you unpacking and setting up your own stuff? You're this drummer from YouTube, what's going on? And through that, they kind of get the gig and then, you know, after one tour, they're getting paid and, and, and they're in there. And once you're that person's drum tech, your name can get out there in, in, a, in a bigger way. So it's just one example, but I would just say, kind of put yourself out there, go to events, get to know bands, be proactive, try and get your hands on it. Ask your local promoters to be a stage manager for their gig because they probably don't have one and could do with one. Ask your mates if they need a merch guy who will do some backline teching and just just do it. And I think a lot of people's careers are made through being with a band that makes it. And I think that's a quite useful for a lot of people and the kind of lucky route through, if you like, the fast track. If you're mates of the band, you become their tech and they just blow up great otherwise just throw yourself out there until you're experienced enough to kind of command some money for it and build a network for yourself utilize social media connect with people go to events make yourself part of the scene you know that's mm -hmm. the best way to do it okay that's good where can people find you social media wise you can get me on instagram i'm angelo underscore gthc gthc is a joke tag thing for my band it would be long to explain, but um, that's, that's me. Do you want to spell that out? Yeah, so Angelo is A-N-G-E-L-O, and then underscore G-T-H-C. I'm Angelo Pandolfi. I'm on Instagram there. Um, I don't use it all that much. I kind of just post the occasional band thing or the occasional tour thing. Usually my stories are a bit more interesting when I'm on tour, but yeah, that's where you can find me on socials. Okay, well, thanks a lot for that, and no we worries. wish you well. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. We hope that episode enhanced your life. We post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channels. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episodes.